On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. You're listening to Tall Can Audio. I have something to say to you! Here's your host. The issue here, sir, is that everyone fucking hates you. Matt Robinson. What's happening, everybody? Episode 934 of the Tall Can Audio podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Make sure you give us a follow there. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. Uh, our buddy Matty Lang is here. What's happening, man? Doing good, man. Um, I mean, we're, we're talking Tuesday night, so, you know, kind of mid, kind of called midweek already. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I won't lie. You know, we're both here in Ontario. It is cold and it's flurrying on and off. And I got to be honest, you know, in Toronto, we don't get as much snow as you guys get in Ottawa. Right. Okay. But I am at my wit's end. I got, I am like, outside of the fact that today we had a little bit of a warm, warmer day, maybe a day or two now, it's starting to melt a bit. I was running out of places to put the snow. Okay. <laughs> I, I am not the good old Canadian boy, right? Like I am running out of places to put snow. And uh, yeah, but otherwise doing pretty good, man. How are you been? How, I haven't talked to you in a while. How's everything going? Everything's good, man. Like you, you referenced, uh, it's it's been an odd week up here in the nation's capital. I know uh, the same people <laughs> rolled into Toronto briefly. We won't get too bogged down on all of that, but uh, it's keeping life interesting, if nothing else. Uh, did you bring something to sip on tonight? I did. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's it's a very um, it's a, I, I, the guy at the beer to- store told me is a um, something a little bit um, rarer. Um, okay. It's from Europe. Ooh. It's called a uh, Einikin, I, uh, I believe it's pronounced an Ein. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tuesday, man. You got to go with what's in the fridge. Right? I hear you. It's all good. That's a classic, right? I, we had a buddy in um, uh, down in college, or one of the houses I lived in. He had like, and maybe they still make them. I'm, if not, you're of a similar vintage to me. So you remember like these mini jugs of Heineken that you would like tip over and it had like a tap. The little, like, the little mini keg. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, that still around? Thing. Is that yeah. still a thing? God, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I would like to leave in my high school years, quite frankly. <laughs> that, that is something that needed to end exactly the time that phones on your camera got invented. Yeah. But, All know. right. That's fair. Um, I got something here from the Sleeping Giant Brewing Company up in Thunder Bay, Ontario. And, uh, this is, I, I'm intrigued by the name and I'm sure there's a story behind it, but, uh, I haven't visited the website yet to find it or whatever. This is called Mr. Canoe Head. 
Okay, I like it. I don't know what that's all about, but they say it's a red, but maybe a little drier than your traditional red. So uh, I'm intrigued to see what that's all about. That's what we'll be cracking into. Uh, I do want to get you to weigh in on everything that's been going on with the Canadian men's national team as well here in World Cup qualifying. We'll get into those things here in a couple of minutes. Before we do, this is the first time ever that the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Toronto Raptors have a six-game winning streak <laughs> at the exact same time. Now, look, the Leafs have a lot to prove, but they can't prove much until the playoffs. That's sort of where they're at right now. Everyone knows they're a good regular season team. We'll see what that's going to look like. The Raptors, I don't know if a lot of people predicted that this year's edition of the team would be a team that could reel off six-game winning streaks at a time. What do you make of this, man? It's weird that the Raps have been around this long. Obviously, the Leafs have been around forever, but to see them both on six-game winning streaks at the same time is a little odd, <coughs> man. Yeah, listen, I mean, six-game winning streak in any professional sport is pretty damn hard anyways, right? Um, I, I can't think of another sport that – I mean, even something like baseball with 162 games, six games reeled off in a row is pretty tough. It's hard. So to have two teams in the same city in different sports reel off the same – statistical anomaly at the same time yeah. is pretty challenging. So, you know, it, kind of a cool stat, kind of a cool stat for sure. And, you know, for as good as the Maple Leafs are a regular season team, it's still hard to do, yep. right? It's still hard to get six games in a row, um, especially in the, the doldrums of winter here, you know, where the, where the team tends to fall asleep a little bit around the All-Star game. Um, you've, you've probably heard me say this. I th- I've always thought this Raptor team was a little bit better they were given credit for mm-hmm. um obviously last year they had a, a tough goal they weren't even in this they weren't even in the country um nobody living at home i thought they were just kind of sold out by the by the league um on top of that you've got um there's a little bit of change and then as they were kind of rounding into form COVID kind of hit them um and and really kind of smacked them down and, and kept them out of contention and then they kind of just decided hey why why try to finish in 10th place and get into a play-in Right. Um, it didn't make, it didn't make much sense. Um, again, this year, you know, they teams were predicting the Knicks being better than the Atlanta Hawks being better than the Pacers being better than again, maybe bias of being a Toronto fan, but I just thought this was a solid team that had shown outside of one aberrated season mm-hmm. that was completely on the road. Um, after a quarter of the season, the year before being on the road in Orlando, um, <laughs> You know, without all all the fixings of being in Toronto and at home and having all the practice facilities and your chefs and all that sort of stuff, it's just a much different atmosphere. And, and you know, I know we haven't had fans the whole time, but at least some component of fans um, and some feeling of like uh, normalcy and competitive advantage you would have. Felt like they were a better team than people were giving them credit for. Yeah, you have, you have been pretty committed to that. I'll be honest with the good listener. Like you always said, this team's not getting enough respect. And when you look back, I mean, I know like the one year with Kawhi and all that, but if you look back, yes, the team's turned over quite a bit since that championship team. But you've had guys who have been here for a very long time, or at least you know three, four years, which in you know the NBA is a fairly long time, who had one bad year, or maybe not even like a half bad year, right? And you know, we're supposed to sit here and listen to these guys on ESPN and SI and all that stuff. I get it. It's American, all that bullshit. But talk about teams, you know, like the Pacers with, well, <laughs> they just traded Sabonis today, but Sabonis and Miles Turner, 
um, you know, who really never put together more than one good season. Um, the Knicks, uh, RJ Barrett, um, you know, they just traded for Cam Reddish. Hasn't even played. Right. You know, they, they've sat him for four games. They like him so much. Um, <laughs> you know, these, these teams who have had a half good year, Trey Young really had one great season. It's supposed to be like, oh, well, now he's the next coming of, of LeBron James or Kobe Bryant or whoever it's supposed to be. It's like, listen, Pascal Siakam's done this for five years. Right. And had one half bad year. And then it turned out he had a torn labrum in his shoulder. Seems Fred important. Van Vliet seems pretty important when you're a basketball player. <laughs> I don't know. What medical degree do I have? Oh, wait a second. You know, I, so, it, you know, again, it's very easy to forget about the Raptors. I think, you know, everybody forgot about Nick Nurse being the coach. He is. Even the Raptor fans getting on Nick Nurse at the beginning of the season because he's trying to figure stuff out, throwing different lineups out trying to figure out what works best for this team. And now all of a sudden, this team is just firing on all cylinders. Pascal Siakam, and I'm going to forget the statistics he's putting up here, but it's like the last person to have done, who who have had a month like him was like LeBron James, where it's like 20 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, or something, whatever craziness he's averaging right now. And the minutes that they're piling on him, too. That's a minute. Exactly. And, you know, we've got him and Fred Van Vliet is the second best three-point shooter in the league right now behind, oh, Steph Curry, the all-time greatest three-point shooter <laughs> of all time. Um, we got guys like Gary Trent Jr., who's just, you know, just a lights-out shooter all of a sudden, playing well defensively. we got a guy who, in uh, Scotty Barnes, who is up there for Rookie of the Year, you know, top three candidate for Rookie of the Year right now. This team is top to bottom great. Uh, I just shouldn't say great, but very, very good. Do they have that all-around center? No, they haven't replaced the Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka. But they've got some some pieces in Chris Boucher and Precious and Cambridge, who, you know, Cambridge, outside of the fact that he had a facial fracture and he just came back the other day, you know, kind of a three-headed monster. They're kind of all put together. You can kind of use them at different times. Um, I guess it brings us to the question of what do the Raptors do? And there's been a lot of movement in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I, I know, again, not the typical NBA pod per se, <laughs> um, but, uh, and I, I almost, I almost can't remember who, there's actually been so much going on. I kind of almost forget it all right now. I don't know if the Raptors make a move. And I, I don't know that I, you know, would. That I would. Yeah. I, I don't know. If like it's not a goal for a year, right? Yeah. And, and, and I, I would say this, it is open. The East is wide open, right? When I last checked about a week ago, there was two games, two and a half games that separated first place Miami Heat to the fifth place Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm. Okay? Yeah. Now that was, it's like Heat, the Bulls, that's Giannis and the Bucks. That is, I think at the time it was the Nets. Um, And I'm I'm forgetting one of their team stuck in in that group. Now, I checked after yesterday's game. Pretty sure the Raptors are in front of the Nets. Right. You know, then the Raptors still might be like, I think they're in sixth place right now. Again, it's changing day to day. Is it wide open? Yes, of course it is. Is this where you want to maybe mortgage some future? Maybe not. But there are some pieces the Raptors have. We have Dragic, who hasn't played for the Raptors all year. Obviously, because that fit hasn't been there. And his expectation to play on a competitor. Oh, wait, we're a competitor. (laughs) Idiot. Um, <laughs> you know, we definitely made the list on that one. Yeah. Um, 
and you've got you've got a guy like Chris Boucher on an expiring contract as well, specifically. So there's some there's some points that you know there's some places that can be um, moved around. I I wouldn't be surprised to see something come. I don't think it's going to be earth shattering. I don't think it's going to change the world. Um, there's been some interesting moves, right? A guy like CJ McCollum got traded from Portland uh, to New Orleans um, for a couple pieces, including Canadian. Nikhil Alexander um, Walker coming across. Um, who else? Uh, Sabonis got traded um, to Sacramento today. That's coming from Indiana. And um, going back the other way, I, th- I want to say was, um, oh gosh, I'm totally drawing blank here. But <laughs> Tyrese, Tyrese Halliburton was the kind of the big piece there. And one other piece coming from Sacramento. Um, my, um, Karis LeVert was already been traded from Indiana to uh, Cleveland for a couple draft picks. So, and, you know, we've got until Thursday, um, kind of midday. So I, I think we're going to keep seeing more and more kind of smaller moves made. Um, everybody's expecting some teams like L.A. to make, um, sorry, the Lakers to make some trades. We'll see kind of what happens here. Um, it, it, this is the first time in a very long time, though, the league seems very blown up and wide open. Um, and everybody trying to kind of compete with definitely on the West Coast, the Suns, who obviously uh, lost in the finals to Milwaukee last year. And then some combination of Milwaukee, Chicago and uh, Miami Heat on the East. It, it's honestly, man, like it's an interesting time of year with all the movement going on. And it, it this is how this is one of those years where, as you referenced, especially in the East, but things feel more wide open than they normally oh, do. And, and I'm totally forgetting, obviously, the biggest piece to fall is obviously Ben Simmons of the 76ers. Right. Right? He, who hasn't played since last year's playoffs, lost to the Atlanta Hawks. So he's still sitting on the, t- on the sidelines with all these rumors about him maybe going to Brooklyn now and James Harden maybe going the other way right. to the 76ers, reuniting with Daryl Morley, uh, Morey, sorry, his old uh, GM, and so I think that's kind of the biggest piece to fall. Um, again, mixed mix kind of reports coming out of both uh, both cities at the moment now. It's a lot, a lot to happen. It's exciting, right? It's silly season in the NBA. This is the silly season. Got to love that. Before we get out of here, um, I did want to hand you the stage. I did want to hand you the mic for what's been going on with this Canadian men's national team. Uh, as we sit here now, one window to go. I believe the last percentage I saw was that they were 99.8% qualified. <laughs> They're going to Qatar. And I guess um, even if they lost all three games the and everything else went against them, the worst they could finish would be going to Qatar to play a play-in game against New Zealand. That's not going to yeah. happen. But yeah. So they're going. This yeah. last window, you could make the argument they played, they got nine points without their best player. We can talk about whether or not he's, you know, Jonathan David's made a pretty good case for himself here over the last little bit. Um, but they did it without Alfonso Davies and got nine points. They're going to the World Cup. What have you made of all of this? And like, What's your just love? insane. Yeah, of excitement. It's insanity. Insanity. Yeah. Insa- just absolutely. I, 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 this is just, I, I can't even put this into words what this means for Canadian soccer and Canadian soccer fans 
um, for a country that, I mean, obviously, you know, people have obviously gotten more into soccer in large part because of the women's yep. national team. And not just over um, the Olympics last year, but let's say the last two or three Olympics now. 2012 uh, in London, Cups right? And, all, how deep they went and all of that. It was incredible. And, and, and pulling that all together. And, and finally, you know, the one thing that was always kind of eluding Canadian men's soccer was quality, like international quality players. Mm-hmm. And to have a guy like, you know, homegrown talent played for TFC, local guy, or local to Toronto is Jonathan Osorio. Mm-hmm. We've got a guy like Kyle Lauren, um, who leads, you know, all-time goal-scoring lead in Canada now. That's 26th, I think, against the Americans. Right? Yeah. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he's in playing in Turkey professionally. We've got, um, like you said, Jonathan David, who's obviously making a case that he might, he'd like to probably consider himself the best player yeah. in, in the country. Plays for Lille. He, again, the, you know, the stat for him is he's actually the Canadian with the highest transfer of all time. It's Jonathan David, not Alfonso Davies. Right. Jonathan David going to Lille for a very hefty number and number of years ago. Um, and some rumors because of the problems that Lille has had with money since COVID um, that he might be on his way to the Premier League, possibly looking uh, Arsenal and apparently sniffing around. Yeah. Um, of course, the, uh, the keeper, uh, Milan Borjan, yeah. or but yeah, Barrio, however you want to say the name. Yeah. Um, I'm never quite too sure, but he's playing. Um, I love I that guy, his, man. Well, well, Red Star. Um, the interview he, he did he, in just after the Hamilton game, we talked about what Canada had given his family, right? As, as someone who came to this country, said, yep. it was safety. It was an education. It was, you know, and he's, this is what I can give back to Canada. He goes, I, this is what I am. This is all I have to give Canada. If I can help take you back to the world cup for the first time in 30 years, that means everything to me based on what this country has got. And I, I talked about this briefly on a solo show I did last week because briefly is all I'm qualified to talk about. (laughs) But with everything that's going on in this country right now, and then to hear someone like him say, yeah, I'm so grateful to be here. And this is what I do. I'm a soccer goalie. And yeah. if I can help Canada get to the World Cup, then that means everything to me because of what this country gave to my family. And that guy just became like, yes, right? Like, I, I'm with that guy. Like, I don't know a whole <laughs> lot about him, right? But this, he's not the only refugee on the team, right? He's not the only person who's an immigrant. He's far from it on the team, right? And all these people have become proud to be Canadian and then taken that team and made it something that Canadians are proud of. This has been so much fun to watch. I'm anything but a soccer hardcore, but I have not missed any of these last six, nine games as they're building steam. I can't miss them, man. This is incredible. It's it's beautiful to watch. And again, to, to watch this team... You, I think everybody can appreciate, especially against you know, um, the U.S. game. It was interesting to to watch, right? Because obviously we got that really quick goal in Hamilton, mm-hmm. um, where the wind really played a factor in that first goal, and then we really held them off for a very long time. Yep. And we're you know not surprisingly we're a little low class, but that's not the way soccer works all the time, right? If you can play as a unit, um, and again we were without our, our best player in Alfonso Davies, which obviously hurts quite a bit. Yep. 
I, I do have that fear that, you know, when we get to the World Cup, if we get stuck playing a Spain, we get stuck playing um, oh, yeah. a, a Brazil, we're going to be in a tough spot. And we could finish, we're going to finish top of the table, most likely in CONCACAF. But it's a huge, huge step up in the quality of the entire team that Canada doesn't have quite yet, right? But when we're looking at the World Cup in Canada, the U.S., and Mexico, these are the building blocks that need to be in place, right? We need to go there. We need to get our feet wet as a country, as a team, as a program for the next group to come up, right? This needs to be something that we're not looking you know, we haven't been there since 1986. This isn't just a one-time thing again. It has to be a thing that every four years, the expectation is better and closer and continues to build. Because I think what we're seeing is there can be soccer fans in Canada. We just didn't have a good enough team for people to care. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I, this, this is really what it comes down to a lot of the times, right? We need... Well, we've had good, good players program. who've said, I'm not coming to play for you because it's not worth it, right? Also that too. And and so this is one of the things I wanted to ask you about because on a few different fronts, to me, this reminds me of Canadian basketball. And we've seen it because when it's... If, if, if I don't know, man, for like 20, 30 years now, if all the best Canadian basketball players showed up, you would qualify... No problem every time, but they go, well, we'll wait and see. I don't want to go. Um, you know, I don't want to go to the qualifiers because sometimes they're in shitty locations. Those sorts of things happened and they happened in, in Canadian soccer. But what you also see now, and I wonder on the better side of that is, could this be when you talk about sustainability, right? Being there again in four years and eight years and 12 years, could this be a Vince Carter moment? All of us are suddenly watching, right? I'm not a hardcore soccer fan, but I can't miss these games. No doubt there are kids out there that are going through the same thing right now, and in four or eight years, they will be at an age where they might be contributing and suddenly pumped to be a part of this, similar to what Vince Carter did to energize Canada into basketball, and you see it now. All those kids have come of age and are contributing in the NBA. Oh, I mean, yes. I the Vince Carter moment was that uh, was the game six months ago where Alfonso Davies came out of nowhere, took the ball right off the the outline, and went in and scored a goal. Sideline, that was that, insane. Yeah, yeah, that that was the Vince Carter dunk moment. But you know, unlike Vince Carter, who did it in a you know a dunk in an All Star game, mm-hmm. um, you know, an exhibition thing, Alfonso Davies did it in an actual game. Well, you know, um, the one for me is, man, and this is so cheesy, it's so lame, it's so Canadian stereotypical, it was Mexico in Edmonton, right? <laughs> and and we're celebrating in front of the snowbank, right? And we're doing the ice teca. I'm seeing ice teca on Twitter. I'm like, man, that's lame. By the end of the night, I'm tweeting it more than anyone yeah, else. Oh, like, yeah. Those are the stupid things where you go, hell yeah. Like, we took a point out of Estadio Azteca, which nobody does, and then dragged yes. them kicking and screaming up to Edmonton to play us in the snow. It's I, Which is awesome. Which of is course awesome. it is, man, in terms of backdrop. And I'm like, I'm wondering, like, everyone else online, like, are our guys used to playing in Edmonton in November? Like, is it really an advantage? But once you win and you get these these gifts and and stuff about the snowbank, I'm like, I am so in on this team right now, man. Like it's yeah. And I think those sorts of things, 
whether you're a new Canadian, whether you're a refugee, whether you're an immigrant, or you're just some kid playing soccer to this day is still the most played sport by kids in this country, way ahead of hockey or basketball or anything else. There's a reason to be excited, right? And like you said, we don't know what the draw for the World Cup is going to be. Maybe we show up there and it doesn't go very well. But we're going to see Canada at the World Cup for the first time in over 30 years. And that matters. And I wonder how much of, you know, we, we're used to seeing during the World Cup the flags flying. But it's never the Canadian yeah. flag. And I'm not somebody who gets mad about that. If your grandparents or your heritage or you're just a fan of somebody else, we see the Italian flags, right? We see the British flags. We see the Brazilian flag. We see it all. Yeah. I wonder if this... Oh, this is going to be different. We're this gonna is going to be Canadian flags. I think we're going to see it. This is going to be completely different. This is going to be completely different because for the first time, and you can see it even now. Listen, I mean, there, there, there's a bit of a, a, a lull, and I know there's other stuff going on in our world, especially mm-hmm. our country right now. And I think come summer and, and summer in Qatar, I think you're going to see some very, very different version of that national pride. I think you're going to see, you're going to see these jerseys out. You're going to see, you know, we were joking about online. You're going to see, like I said, Nike is going to drop the jerseys. Yeah, You can't find the kit right now. Everybody's trying to, but it'll be there. If they're going to the world cup, it will be there. It'll be mass sold. Yeah. Be there. It will be sold out very quickly. It is going to be something that this country is going to absolutely rally behind men, women, boys, girls. It is going to be huge for Canada to get there and just enjoy, um, regardless of how they do. I don't think there's going to be a negative result. Right. We're for this here. Country. We're a part of this. We're on one of the biggest yeah. stages in the world, and we just haven't been. And especially after that gold medal for the women's team. Yep. Yeah. I think this is a, a huge moment for Canadian soccer. And with the World Cup on the horizon in a number of years, it is it, – it really it, – it's more than this, you know – it really feels like this, this, you know, we're coming over this, this ledge of so long trying to break into this sport as Canadians. And, uh, I, I think, you know, again, not only do we have a, a team, but this team is so weirdly lovable. Yes. And that's a huge right? And I, I think Alfonso Davies might be more popular after this last window than he was before, <laughs> just based on his Twitch streams, man. He's watching the games online and he's freaking out and like, just it's, absolutely freaking out. It's amazing, man. And yeah, this has been, I I've said it a couple times on the podcast before. One of the cool things for me about this is this reminds me of watching the Doug Gilmore Leafs in the sense that I'm 10 years old and I don't know anything. I'm not a soccer expert. I don't know what the best tactic is here. I don't know. I know I'm cheering for this team. It's a fun team. It's got a pile of personality and I'm just excited to go along for the ride. Whereas yeah. when I watch the Jays or the Leafs, in my arrogant opinion, I feel like I oh I wouldn't have made that line change or oh I wouldn't have moved him up to third in the batting order <laughs> or what like those sorts of things. This one to me is more innocent, right? I don't understand soccer like a lot of you people do. Like I know you know soccer better than I do, right? And so you're more like your opinions on what's happening on the pitch are more astute than mine. I'm watching as an uneducated fan and just cheering like I did as a kid. And there's something fun yeah. about that, man. That's cool. Like I'm enjoying yeah. that that ride again because I watch most sports now too cynically, and I don't yeah. do that hey, with this team. It's it's tough to watch Charlie Montoya make decisions or not. 
judge him harshly, though. I mean... I can't believe you managed to take our happy talk about the Canadian <laughs> national team and use it to dunk on Charlie Montoya. <laughs> I mean, not incorrectly, but still, just brutal, man. What a drive by. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a little, a little harsh to be making that Honestly, joke. Honestly, man. The, yeah. Middle of, what middle has he done to her? Like, it's, it's February, man. What has he done? Yeah, like, <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> Before we hurt anybody else's feelings, we should probably wind this one down, man. But uh, yeah, seriously, it's it's time to get out of here. And uh, we didn't even get to the Super Bowl like we thought we were going to. So whatever. We'll save that for Thursday morning. I know you're going to be back then to help us tee up the big game. The LA Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll, of course, have to talk about your boy, Tom Brady, and whether or not he's actually retired. What's happening here? What's going on with that? Um tons to get to glad you're going to come back and join us again tomorrow there maddie we're on social media at tall can audio facebook.com slash tall can audio make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now following whatever they call it on your app make sure you're doing that because we've got great stuff coming up including like i said our super bowl preview show on thursday morning that will be episode 9 35 we'll see y'all then for maddie lang my name's matt robinson Peace. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this silkong was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Ugh.